Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It's great to have you with us another Monday evening where we have the opportunity to reflect into the richness of our faith, and most especially this call we have to witness to our faith. If you have been joining me over the past few weeks, you know that we have started a series on the relationship between medicine and faith. And this series comes to you because of you. You have requested uh, from me to bring in different medical professionals so as to discuss how they incorporate faith into their practice and how uh, we might learn from maybe some of their storytelling, some of their wisdom. Uh, And so, yeah, this is what we are doing here. We are in our third week. A couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to um, reflect with James Mabry, a PA who uh, lives up in Grass Valley. And last week it was uh, Nick, who is also living in the Sacramento region, a doctor. Well, this evening, uh, I'm excited because we have the opportunity to uh, listen to Matt Schaefer tell his story. Matt Schaefer is a physical therapist with Easter Seals, uh, and he also works with some local school districts. And he is also a prisoner from St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. So, Matt, it is great to have you with me this evening. Hey, thanks, Joe. It's good to be here. So, Matt, a physical therapist, I think uh, a lot of our listening audience probably know what a physical therapist is, but for those who maybe don't know what a physical therapist is, if, if you can explain to us what it is that you actually do. Yeah, um, physical therapist at its basic level is a medical professional who you know, specializes in, in rehabilitation of, the, of an injury. Um, you see us in a variety of settings, uh, hospital may see um, a physical therapist in a hospital working with somebody who mm, had a stroke and, and needed help, uh, you know, becoming more independent so that they could leave the hospital. Or sometimes you often see us in outpatient clinics around town uh, working with people who've had, you know, injuries, shoulder injuries, hip injuries, things like that. I'm a little different. I work in uh, pediatrics. I work with uh, kids, I work with the kids with a variety, um, variety of ages. My primary specialty is working with babies from zero to three. And we work with children who have had injuries, not athletic injuries, more like injuries maybe um, when they're in utero, injuries of the brain, maybe a Mm. genetic condition, things like that. Things that are causing these children to to be delayed and and are often not being able at all to do things as simple as sitting or walking or, or moving around. And it's up to us to try to, you know, maximize their functional abilities, mm-hmm. working with their families. We have a pretty unique opportunity in my program. We could go to the children's homes and work with their families and developing a program to, uh, to work with them. And it's, it's pretty unique in this day and age to be able to spend a long, pretty good amount of time with our families and, and really get to know them. And so that's what I do. I work with pediatrics. What an incredible ministry you've been called to, Matt. As I listen to you talk, I hear the word family and how you are called to be this bridge between, you know, these families and God. In today's age, families are are so often very um, private and we are not invited into the home. But here you are, a medical professional, 
certainly invited into homes um, all the time, every day. And what a ministry it is to, to be able to engage your patients and these families um, in such an intimate setting and at the same time have the opportunity uh, to, to be this bridge, to have the opportunity to be able to communicate God's love in the way in which you are engaging uh, these families. One of the things we've been talking about on this radio program over the past few weeks is the importance of presence, presence to the patients, presence to the families. And what's unique in what you do, Matt, is I know you go to school districts, but also uh, this capacity you've been given to go inside the home uh, such an intimate setting and, and be present and be that bridge, be that bridge between uh, them and God and bringing uh, the God who is all compassionate inside of their home. And, and at the same time, stirring within them that sense of hope, that sense of the potential of what is yet to come. Absolutely. Um, I can't think, uh, there's very few things that can be scarier for a parent than to hear, you know, from the doctor that, your child will never walk. Your child, you know, we've been told they'll be a vegetable. Mm-hmm. This is not the child they thought they were going to be having. You know, mm-hmm. It would be devastating. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's, it's very scary. And we start over again. We get to work with them and, and offer that hope. Um, I'm not going to go in there and, and give them false hope. Sure, I'm never gonna sure. To, I want to tell them something that I don't believe myself. But we've had, you know, hundreds of kids that have been told things like they, they wouldn't be able to. You know, and, and ran and, and did a lot of things. Maybe it's a little different. You know, maybe there's some things that, have, that are different. And it's, it's hard to get to that point. It's, uh, it's hard work sometimes. But it is hope. And Christ gives us hope. And, and I hope I could, very small piece of that, offer hope to my families. Yeah. Amen. You know, when we think about hope, this moral virtue of hope, faith, hope, and love, hope is that confident assurance of what is yet to come, to really, in many ways, Matt, see the potential of what is yet unseen. And so for little ones, and certainly their parents, uh, to see you come in and work with their children, um, that word hope is what rings true. I mean, that's what I hear, to see the potential of the yet unseen, to be able to look into the future two, three, four, maybe 10 years down the road and say, yeah, there is the possibility, there is the potential of my children doing this or, or doing that. And certainly when we talk about this virtue of hope, we are always mindful that its first interpretation is about hoping in the heavenly Jerusalem, that essentially there's, there's something greater that awaits us. And I don't know, uh, Matt, if you've had that chance to, to really be able to engage them in that, but I, I tell you what, at the very least, be able to work with them and to be able to uh, journey with them, uh, just not in their disability, but at the same time, their faith. What a privilege, what an honor. I'm sure in every way (laughs) for children and their families, you are an encouragement. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I often tell my families there's not a better time in the history of of the world, at least in in the United States, to to have a child with a disability. There are a Mm. lot of programs. We're, we're, we're getting better at this to, to offer our, our families. We've gone through the, as far as the United States, has gone through a transition from more institutionalized care in the early 
part of the century, the um, 20th century, to now it's more family-centered care, where the family is, is obviously the primary caregiver, and we're trying to give them resources, moving away from putting a child like in an institution or a center to more family-centered care, which I think is a, is a great thing, and in, in making the, you know, the child and the family uh, work together. And like I said, this is a great time. There are a lot of resources there are a lot of people out there working to, to maximize this child and their family's abilities. Amen. Matt, your journey into becoming a physical therapist, you know, you talk about these experiences you've had. Did you have any idea that this is what you were getting into? You know, I wanted to be a, a PT, which is short for physical therapist, um, since probably junior high, high school. Mm. My vision, though, I'm a huge sports fan. I always want, thought I'd be working with athletes. I thought I'd be working in, in sports. Uh, I, the 49ers um, had training camp at my college. We worked with them in the summers. I thought mm. I was going to be working with all sports teams. And, you know, those therapists are great that do that. But by the time my schooling was over for physical therapy, I was kind of lost to a certain extent. I, didn't real, I, I realized I didn't really want to do that. I didn't really want to work in athletics like I thought I did. And an opportunity arose down the street. Um, I was volunteering at a local Easter Seals cl uh, clinic during my schooling. And um, opportunity arose right after graduation that they were starting this pediatrics program for, uh, for babies. You know, mm. as a 22-year-old male who never had really been around little kids, I, I didn't think I'd be very good at it. This kids mm. kind of scare me to a certain extent. <laughs> But um, I thought I'd try it. Uh, it's, it's interesting. One of the, the first, my first patient I had was a little boy named Ryan. Mm. Little, little kiddo, sweetest kid, and one of the greatest families I've ever worked with. I, you know, his parents were awesome. But Ryan um, could not stand classic physical therapy on land. You know, gravity, which on land, gravity exerted a tremendous toll on this little boy who had cerebral palsy. He was only mm. about a year old. Things like stretching him caused him a lot of pain. He just couldn't do much. He couldn't sit, couldn't really move. One thing, though, that he loved, he was, he was actually born in the Caribbean, I believe, where they would take him into the warm ocean, and he loved the mm. warm water. And luckily, mm. the clinic I worked with had a warm uh, therapy pool. And so mm. I'd take him in the pool with me, and he, all of a sudden his whole demeanor changed. And he, mm. We could work with him as a therapist inside the pool. We got to, you know, he to touch him, to work with him, mm -hmm. to, to move him and stretch him. And um, while our progress was slow and limited, we did make progress. We got to things like sitting and, and, and working on his ability to, he actually was able to hold his head. I mean, these things seem so minor, but for a, a child and for the parent of that child, to be able to hold your head, yeah. your child's head, when, when, or for them to be able to do that for feeding, I mean, this is so much easier mm. to be able to sit up and help the family or help the parent maybe move between positions is, is huge. And so mm. things like that, finding alternatives to, to the classic therapy and, and, and working with the child in that environment was awesome. And I was hooked. And so mm. 15 years later, I've worked, you know, thousands of babies and um, mm. I really enjoy it. And I, I think this is my calling. Amen. So here you, uh, you're entering this program to be a physical therapist. 
because you're going to be a PT for the 49ers and here yeah. God God has oh. God has other plans for you. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I you know, it, it's really interesting how things work out. I like I said, didn't think I'd be working with kids at all. I I probably was scared of kids more than anything, especially babies. I didn't mm-hmm. know as a like I said as a 22-year-old male what I'd be getting myself into, but it's it's been a great thing. And mm-hmm. it's uh you know, it's been it's been wonderful, and yeah, I, I think God did lead me there. I didn't realize it at the time. Now, looking back on it over the years, it's becoming more and more obvious. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, Matt, but as I listen to you, I can hear conversion taking place. You know, God slowly reveals himself over time in our journey of faith, in our different walks, and in that, he, he reveals himself so that we might conform closer to him and as I, again, hear you talking about this very specific experience, um, there's a part of me that, that is hearing a conversion, you know. No, I would agree with that. You know, Matt, as we're talking here, I usually don't do this, but I really want to um, challenge our listening audience a little bit, you know, to, um, to pay close attention to, to how God is speaking to you in all of the concreteness and particularity of what God is calling you into, and maybe you have this grand vision of doing this or that, and and you follow that lead, and and in following that path, uh, God reveals Himself to you in an unexpected way. Uh, be open to that. I, I, what I'm hearing in your story, Matt, is certainly an openness, a surrender, really, that allowed God to work. And here again, you are, 15 years later, um, you've worked over a thousand kids. That's just beautiful. It, you had used the word earlier, Matt, and I wanted to, to touch upon this, the word touch. I wanted to talk about uh, touch. Uh, we are a very um, fleshy, sensual religion, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the power of touch. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the, the gospel, see, gospel, you know, Luke chapter 8, and, and the hemorrhaging woman. And here she is for, what, a period of 12 years. She's bleeding dealing with these different physicians as the gospel of Luke tells us. And a couple of weeks ago, Matt, we, we got into the gospel of Luke a little bit because, of course, Luke is a physician. Yes. And he seems to put a priority on uh, the Christ who heals, the Christ who is a divine physician. And here, the hemorrhaging woman, now, she touches the cloak, but in, in effect, you know, she touches Christ. And that touch is what healed her. And what I want to talk a little bit about is is the power of touch, especially as you deal with it every day. But also, there's something else that I'm reminded of just as, as I'm talking about it now. A, a hemorrhaging woman in antiquity would have been ostracized from her community. And I don't know if you've had to deal with that as well. I mean, you're dealing with maybe younger ones. You said zero to three. Yeah. I don't know. You said you also deal with school districts if you yeah. have to deal with... Maybe the kid who's, because of whatever abnormality he has, he's been ostracized from his, his classroom. Um, so maybe the, the first, the, the touch first, and after that, if, if you've had reflection. yeah. Well, you're right about the touch. I mean, we see that, and I know you've experienced that, working in the NICU. The, the importance of the touch they put on, you know, physical therapists mm-hmm. working in the NICU, or the uh, um, nurses and doctors. What's the common theme they're doing is trying to encourage touch and holding of these preterm babies mm-hmm. um, that is so important to their healing to, to, to their growth without it you know they don't grow and and you're right I, I think it is scary for some of my families to 
see um, their child sometimes once again a version of their child they didn't they didn't foresee coming yeah it could be a scary thing maybe um, a genetic condition makes them look a little different or, or you know whatever I see this most common with with my fathers they're, mm. they're a little more afraid mm. to, to touch and hold their child or or more specifically work with their child the, the thing I've been really um probably struggling with or or, or working on or, or become get her fathers more involved and mm. this burden mm. for the care of the child it really has been falling on the mothers to a certain extent and in, in my experience and really I'm trying as a male I think I have a unique perspective on sure trying somehow to, to get some of our fathers more involved to step up because um, it is falling on, on the mothers a lot. And don't get me wrong, there's some fathers who are my heroes. They, they, I know one father um, I'm working with right now, he works the night shift. He gets home and meets me first thing in the morning, he's working with his, his baby. He's mm. there, he's, you know, and he's nothing short of heroic. Mm. But um, not always. And I think it is can, kind of scary. They, don't, they, don't, they didn't see this happening. They had a version of their child playing sports playing ball, getting in there, and this doesn't happen. And I think they're a little scared to work with them or hurt them, I think, is the common thing I often see like when we're trying to do things like stretches and holds or even just working on standing and sitting. They don't want to hurt them. I think they're going to break their bones because mm-hmm. they, they see them as fragile. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, many permutations to this ministry. You know, you're just not dealing with generally families um, or even the physical therapy itself, but these interpersonal dynamics of Absolutely. just relating with the, the mother, re- relating with, with the father, and being able to work through that. Gosh, what a challenge. Yeah, there's all, all sorts of dynamics. I mean, I, I know it, this opens up, this, things like disability opens up a can of worms with regards to marriage, and I know that there's... Things like divorce is higher, has a higher rate in, in with children with disabilities. And so mm-hmm. we really, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know how to change that other than, you know, just working with my families. Once again, coming back to that common theme of, of giving them hope. Mm-hmm. Through hope, I hope that, you know, yeah. they could change other areas. But, but yeah, there are multiple dynamics to, to the disability in general. Yeah, I mean, you see this obviously exponentially more than I do, Matt, but um, in my limited experience of dealing with it as a teacher, uh, per se, and to some extent even with my own children, I don't have you know any children with physical disabilities, but um, three of my full, four children, you mentioned the NICU earlier, had to go to the NICU yeah. for di- different reasons. I've experienced it and, is, and have seen it where this disability has led some couples um, to become that much closer absolutely because they're working through it together absolutely on the flip side and i and i did see this up in sacramento at sutter on a couple of occasions i saw it pulling them apart uh, the male not wanting to talk about it and yeah. in one case i had spent a number of weeks up in the nicu i myself had a couple of long conversations with the really? father and uh, it was most striking because he wanted nothing to do with it and it challenges us it challenges us really, Matt, to the core, at the deepest level of who we are. Are we going to turn ourselves over to our families in every way, shape, or form? Are we going to embrace those vows? And then for you, again, as a physical therapist, to be a part of that conversation on a daily basis, 
You know, Pope Francis in Joy of the Gospel says, challenges exist to be overcome. That essentially challenges are before us so that we might grow in our faith. They are opportunities. They are possibilities to become more whole in Christ. Now the word again, challenge, provocatio, to call forth, to call out. Um, this is what's before all of us and certainly especially you in your walk of faith, Matt. And once again, what a, what a gift really to be able to, to share in this relational dynamic with, with these families, with these mothers, with these, with these fathers. Um, to that question, Matt, of uh, children being ostracized from the community. In, in what respect? I would say specifically where in your first encounter with a child, uh, and you have this encounter with a child, and they might not be open to you because they have been ostracized from their community, from the playground, because of what they cannot do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we see that. Yeah, I see that a lot. It's, it's hard to watch sometimes seeing some of our children. I, I think of one child right now that, you know, is walking onto the playground looking for him and, and he, he was by himself, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they could be scared of us sometimes. And, and, and they could be uh, scared of teachers and, and, and you know, it, it, it can be rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that I can be someone they can turn to. I, mm-hmm. I hope. I, yeah. I try to be some, a friend first. And someone they can talk to, and mm. and some of my best conversations have been with some of my old, especially my older kids I work with in the schools, mm. and trying to give them challenges beyond just physical things, mm-hmm. or having some heart to heart conversations with some of my kids I work with. It can be it's it's tough for them, and but it, once again, it's getting better. Kids are getting better than when I was in school as far as dealing with kids with disabilities. I don't see. The bullying that I grew up with, mm. I saw. It, I remember seeing this in school: kids yeah. being teased and beat up, and and that I feel like, at least in the schools I work with, really doing a, a better job of, you know, for whatever reason, these kids are are really a normal part of the school. Sometimes, like I said, kids they they might act out a little bit. There could be a variety of other things going on that's causing that. Like I said, that one child by himself. But I'm happy to say that you know, kids are getting better at this. They're willing yeah. to accept you. As long as you know, you're kind, they, they're, they're kind too. It's, it's good to see. It's actually, you know, it's, it's nice to see this. Do you find yourself, Matt, speaking to them as a friend while you're working with them? Or is it something that you do in another setting? Oh yeah, we're buddies. You know, yeah, we're, we're yeah. buddies. And I'm not. I'm, I'm my my style of work is you know working with his kids is, is you got to be friends first. Yes, they're, they're gonna be friends. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. So we play, we hang out. Yeah. They you know don't really call me Mister or anything like that. Sure. Kids sure. need play. I mean, yeah. kids that's how they best respond. And I yeah. I try to as a therapist find the best way to respond. You know, it's gonna be pretty hard to tell a, a one year old what to do. Uh, you know, command them to do five push ups or something like that. So we have to find ways to do that, and that's really through play that's what we do with pediatrics so yeah it's fun and that makes it a fun job what kind of job you know what other job do you get to play and get paid for it, it it's, it's a pretty amazing opportunity and i've been blessed by that amen to that you know one of the things that we have talked about on this radio program in various contexts is the importance of trust really before you can engage anyone in any subject matter there must first be trust and that's of course what i'm hearing you're saying right now that Absolutely. that and- that yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, we 
start with that trust going back to touch you have yeah. to we we show them you know um i try to i try to through my touch i show them you know things like stretches i never go to a point where i'm, I'm causing them pain i'm trying to show them you know to trust me that you know these scary things are that i'm going to be doing are not going to be painful but they're going to be there to help them. trying to facilitate meaning to try to um, make them do certain movement patterns and uh it's once again through my touch that, that shows that hmm. are you ever able to bring in god to some of these discussions specifically yes in, in pretty subtle ways when the subject of god comes up most frequently when the child maybe takes a turn for the worse or mm. you know unfortunately we've had some children even pass away mm. and we we've had to you know really delve deep into why you know these bigger questions of, of you know why god allows this type of yeah. thing you know the, yeah. the question of that and so you get that question oh sure we yeah. we go into that you know yeah. we we yeah. We've, we've had i've you know i still brings chills to me right now thinking of the phone calls i've had of a mom calling me from the hospital mm. telling me what what they told her about her baby twins and I'll, I'll never forget you know finding out that she the twins had a, a disease that was going to cause them to pass away in mm-hmm. a few months and, it was, mm. and we over the course of a few months past that had many conversations regarding sure. that and yeah. so i try to you know make it the right situation and and, and try to I'm working on their time, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's brought up a lot. Hmm. I remember when we found out that Colby had a cleft lip and cleft palate, this is, yeah. this is much lesser than maybe some of the things you deal with, but as a parent, you, this attention's brought to you and you're like, whoa, you know, and this, yeah. this wasn't a part of our plans. And I remember a, a priest had pulled me aside and we had a long conversation that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Our son here in the next year is getting a lot of ortho attention. There's going to be bone grafts. So I'll never forget the last thing he said to me. And this was when Colby was, was still in the womb. He said, you know, understand this, Joe, that this is God's will. This is God's will. And it's going to make your son or daughter, we didn't know then, right? The yeah. best version of who God wants him to be as a son or daughter of God. And I, I, I understood what he was saying, but as years have passed, I have really appreciated what he said. Absolutely. For example, because of his intense speech therapy, um, his motor skills are just on another level. We had him playing the piano at the age of four, yeah. and it's just, <laughs> he blows me away. And I think to some degree, it's because of what he's had to deal with, you know, as so young. and. And I, I imagine that you've seen, as you've worked with kids and, and they've grown up, you've seen them become this incredible young man or young woman because of what they've had to deal with. Absolutely. No one could predict, you know, when we started out, what would happen. And it's it's an amazing process. And, and you know, I, I'm just blessed to accompany the parents on that process because it is, it is a process and it's a journey. But at the end of it, most of the time, it's it's a it's it's a great thing to see. Mm. Amen. Well, Matt, I'm looking up at the clock, and we are out of time. Thank you, Matt, for the Thank gift you, of Joe. your time. I really appreciated what you had to sh- share, and I know our listening oh, audience pleasure. did as well. Um, and maybe I'll have you back in another setting. I'd love maybe to. I would love to. Thank you, Joe, <laughs> for having me. You betcha, Matt. Again, it was an honor.
you know, Matt, one of the things that we are really trying to capture each and every Monday evening is how our story in of itself is a witness to our faith and how we ought to not only be inspired by uh, these stories, but at the same co- but at the same time convicted in our own lives to ask those questions. How am I bringing my faith into what I do? How am I being present to, to who God is calling me to be? And so certainly that continues to ring true. And again, thank you. Let us close with a, a word of prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.